It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think you're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. It was a big news day today, and we also interviewed Auden Tate, the Bengals' leading receiver from week three. Joe and I were together for this one. You'll hear that in segment three. Before then, we'll update you on all of the big news topics, some of them sad, some of them not so sad, some of them a little bit scary. Five Bengals defensive linemen, including four defensive ends, did not practice today. And the defensive ends are the more worrisome part of this bunch. Carlos Dunlap, Sam Hubbard, Carl Lawson, Kerry Wynn all did not practice. That leaves Andrew Brown, and he's a three-tech in an edge body. There's nobody left to play defensive end for the Bengals this week, unless one or more of these guys is ready to go. And judging from Zach Taylor's comments after the game when he said there were no major injuries, and the fact that they haven't signed anybody in this position and they have signed some players to play cornerback after losing Darius Phillips for the season, or for at least eight weeks, leads us to believe that at least some of these guys will be ready to go this week. Yeah, and even with an extra day off because of the game being on Monday night, it's still a bit concerning that they're not out there on day one, but... Yeah, it had to be Andrew Brown out there and then I guess a linebacker. Jake, you said you saw on film that linebacker Jordan Evans came in and gave some of the defensive ends a rest this past Sunday in Buffalo. So, yeah, hopefully a few of these guys get healthy. That's supposed to be their position of strength on defense and maybe on the entire team. So if they're hurting, as the Bengals have been all year, it just starts to sap away a little bit of the fun and talent from this roster. And the defensive line is really what makes this defense go. As we mentioned in our film reviews this week, the linebackers aren't making plays if the defensive line isn't winning up front. So these guys need to get healthy. Also a little bit worrisome that Ryan Glasgow still hasn't returned to practice. Still a DNP on the practice report for Ryan Glasgow. AJ Green isn't going to play this week. But the good news on the injury report, for the Bengals at least, is that Cordy Glenn was limited. BW Webb was limited. Those two guys at least got some work in. It sounds like Cordy Glenn might make his season debut this week. And if he does, I would expect that he will probably need a spell, especially if the Bengals get anything going, which means hopefully Andre Smith is active because he was a DNP today as well. And the other note for the Bengals on the injury front is that Michael Jordan was a full participant in practice. Yeah, Billy Price is still starting at left guard today as of now at practice. And uh, again, Zach Taylor was very noncommittal about including or inserting Michael Jordan back into that left guard spot right away and getting Cordy Glenn at left tackle. If it happens, we'll monitor that obviously. And, and if he's elevated and ready to go, uh, this Bengals offensive line can really 
provide a little bit of hope for us, I guess, that you're inserting two of your better players, uh, especially two players they acquired last year with basically two first-round picks, and that's your left side of the line with Trey Hopkins, the way he's playing. Uh, maybe they can turn this around pretty quickly. And John Miller on the right guard's position has been very inconsistent. So if you get a good game out of him, well, now you're down to really one position that you're really worried about on the offensive line, and that's Bobby Hart, who, he's still Bobby Hart, has been better this season. Compared to last season, he's been better. On the Pittsburgh side of the coin, Roosevelt Knicks, who kicked Vontez Perfect in the face, or no, got kicked by Vontez Perfect in the face that one time, was a DNP for Pittsburgh. That's their fullback. Vince Williams, who threatened Vontez Perfect on Twitter, was a DNP. And I think you're sensing a theme here. A bunch of guys with interactions with Vontez Perfect for the Steelers didn't practice. And I wonder, Joe, who are they going to antagonize this week now that Vontez Perfect is no longer a Bengal? Joe Mixon. I think he talks the most. They'll go for him. Or maybe it's Drake Kirkpatrick. I think the guys that like to talk, they'll uh, they'll be ready for that and Maybe we'll see a little bit of sparring back and forth, but it, it did seem toned down when Burfick didn't play in the last few Steelers games, and um, I'm kind of hoping for that performance on Monday. Vance McDonald, of course, did not practice for the Steelers. They traded for the Seattle Seahawks tight end Nick Vanette, who the Ohio State listeners are familiar with, and also Joe Hayden didn't practice which would be more noteworthy if A.J. Green was playing because of the weird rivalry those two somehow still have. But that would be a significant, I think, loss for the Steelers if Joe Hayden doesn't go. I think he's still one of their better corners. Yeah, I agree. And the one thing, talking about corners, that we kind of glossed over there a little bit was Darius Phillips going on injured reserve. I just wanted to touch on that. After a really stellar preseason performance, standout performance, other than the few muffed punts, right? Uh, he was really good. He allowed two of eight completions uh, in his in his target range. Um, he intercepted a pass. He comes into this year. Two targets at him, uh, no catches, intercepts another pass. He has that kick return for a touchdown that's called back, and all of a sudden he shows up Monday, and there's some loose cartilage in his knee, and they have to put him on IR. But Zach Taylor was kind of positive that it's not a season-ending thing, and he could potentially return in eight weeks. NFL teams can return two players from the injured reserve after they've been on that list for eight weeks. The only other candidate that the Bengals have really put on IR that might come back this season is probably O'Shea Dugas, who the Bengals held into the regular season to get him onto the 53 to make him a candidate for the IR return later in the year. We'll see if Darius Phillips is one of those two guys that comes back. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to MyBookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. MyBookie offers a variety of options depending on your style of betting. You can bet on games after kickoff if by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can take the other side and recoup your cash. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, you can try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit MyBookie.ag today to play so you win and get paid. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, 
Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So our Auden Tate interview will be in segment three today. And uh, Auden, tw- Auden Tate, 22 years old, one of the young guys on this roster that are playing well. And, you know, I, I just think about Darius Phillips, 23 years old, that was playing well, goes on IR. I, that was just a blow that we did not need today, right? I just did not want that news or want to hear that news. It's not like losing Andy Dalton or anything like that. It's like, here's a young guy and there's a handful of them that are playing well. Phillips was one of them. He stepped in, he, he carried over from the preseason. He's really on kick returns. I felt like anytime he touched it, there was a chance he was going to return it. But I guess that gets Alex Erickson back in the kick return duties where he's actually been better there than punt returning. I was hoping at some point Phillips would get punt return um, opportunities over Erickson, maybe late in a game or when you need a spark or a splash. Uh, that, that did not happen yet. But maybe maybe the Bengals get him back in eight weeks, which would put them around week 12 since we're almost right here on, on week four. And I started thinking of that. And uh, Darquez Denard's got two more weeks after this game before he can return. It sounds like he will because he was close when they put him on, on the pup list. Jonah Williams is on the pup list, even though we don't expect him to be back at, after week six. And Alex Redman uh, should be back after this Monday night game. So the Bengals do have some guys here on the horizon that could help and at least provide some depth. Meanwhile, we'll have to really watch those defensive linemen because if they start to lose those guys, we saw what happened with just a couple, Lawson and Glasgow effectively, even though Lawson was active, not he didn't take a snap. With those mm-hmm. two guys out, the fatigue became evident late in the game. You can see Carlos Dunlap jogging, and I thought, actually, when I was watching the game, like, is he hurt? Does he have something going on in the hamstring? Is that why? Because you, I've never seen... Carlos Dunlap take a play. Oh, me either. Yeah. And when you see him like jogging and kind of like you see him make a frustrated move with his hand because he doesn't have it to, I thought maybe he's got something going on and Hmm. he missed his practice today with the hamstring. And you just hope that these guys get healthy because they're, like I said earlier, the strength of the team and they make the defense go. But I share your sentiments on Darius Phillips. I was hoping coming into the season that he would be the primary punt returner. Let Erickson do what he's good at, returning kicks. Never really played out that way, and I think Darren Simmons wanted to keep Alex Erickson involved on special teams, and that's why he was returning punts. Also, they trust him back there to take fair catches, and it sounded like it was quite windy in Buffalo. Darren Simmons said that he thought they might get a turnover on a punt because of the wind. Hmm. Uh, But now there's nobody to really do it besides Erickson on the team, unless, I mean, Gio at this point in his career, I I don't really want to see him back there. John Ross, I would still take returning punts, I guess, but I don't know who else you asked to do it. Yeah, and uh, you know what? The, with the defensive ends being hurt, I actually went and looked to see if Jordan Willis has played at all, and he was claimed by the Jets when the Bengals cut him. Uh, he has not played this year in 2019, which I thought was interesting. I even went back, and because I was on the you know the, the trend of uh, how are some former Bengals doing, and Vontaze Perfect's actually been pretty solid for the Raiders, and we talked about him in segment one, just briefly mentioned him, but... Uh, Interesting that he's been he's been having pretty much a bounce back year for himself. Uh, not making the splash plays, I don't think, but uh, it seems like he's doing better. He's also still being a shithead. 
And I know you see last that week on Twitter. He's punching people and going out of his way for contact. I think the play you might have just mentioned that you wanted me to talk about was the one where he has a chance at the running back in the hole, but instead he just hits the guard. He runs into, drops his shoulder into the guard, throws his hand out to try to stop the running back, and then the guy just runs by him and scores a touchdown. This was the type of things he was doing the last two years in Cincinnati, and it only took three weeks, I guess, for him to start reverting into, you know what, I'm tired of chasing running backs, I just want some contact, I need the contact, that's how I feel like he is, and he goes and just blasts, puts his shoulder into the the guard, no regard for the running back running through this five-yard hole, perfect, just doesn't care, but uh, I actually want to take an audible here, Jake, and we didn't talk about this in the prep, but... I put up a poll question yesterday because I was thinking about it. The guys at Draft Network uh, said A.J. Green, probably a third-round value, maybe plus. And I think their research was fine. I've been saying third-round pick also because I'm looking at past history. And I looked at Keenan McCardell, which is all the way back in like 2004. I know because there hasn't been that many receiver at, trades at the deadline. And McCardell didn't play that year either because he was holding out. So it was a very similar situation to Green, even though Green's hurt. Uh, but uh, and then I looked at uh, Demarius Thomas and Golden Tate. These guys were fetching third, and you might get a fifth rounder thrown in there. Uh, and they were all much more productive and around the same age as A.J. Green, too, because Green's been hurt. So um, I, I, th- I said, yes, would you take a third? And overwhelmingly, 75% of Bengals fans said no. And I think you had a good response, too, Jake. Do you remember what it was? I said that if they let him walk, they would almost certainly get a third. And if they traded him for a third, if that team only used him as a rental and let him walk, they would most likely get a third back as a compensatory pick. So I would want personally a little bit more. I think A.J. Green is better enough than the other guys that went for third round picks. In his career, I don't care about his recent injury history because if you're trading for him, that means you're a team that's trying to win now. So if you're the Patriots, for example, and you're like, oh, we didn't get Antonio Brown and we still want a superstar wide receiver, let's call about A.J. Green. Your third round pick is essentially a third round compensatory pick in the first place because we're expecting you to go deep in the playoffs. Your second round pick is essentially a third round pick. So, yeah, if you're one of these teams that's going to compete and go into the deep playoffs, I definitely want a second round pick. What was my other reason? I don't remember it. No, I don't know either. But, I, you know People, um, you know, a lot of the comments assume that I was okay with a third round pick. I was not. And I, the reason I am not okay with a third, I just thought that that was fair or at least starting point um, for the conversation. But I'm not okay with a third because, number one, the Bengals haven't spent third round picks pretty wisely. Uh, I am concerned that there is a chance they only get a fourth round compensatory pick in return because what if Green doesn't get a great deal out there? If he gets hurt again, if he doesn't produce that well this following year, it happened with Andrew Whitworth. The Bengals got a fourth for him because he didn't get some blockbuster deal nope. and he was older. No, the reason it was because of his service time. You cannot get a third round compensatory pick for a guy that's been in the league on the same team the longest Whit- as long as Whitworth by Ten years, money. Right? Yeah, by money. Whitworth was a third round pick, but by ah. rule, it could only be as high as a fourth. That makes sense then. Okay. See, I thought it was because Whitworth didn't get as much as you know we expected. Um. Anyways, so if Green doesn't though, say if Green only gets ten to twelve million a year, I think there is a chance that it doesn't end up being a third round pick. Uh. But still, third round at the end of third round, what is that really worth? And how well have the Bengals used those? Anyways, my that wasn't my reasoning. My reasoning was if the Bengals are close to drafting a quarterback. And it all feels like they are, or at least they're on that path. 
I want that quarterback to be surrounded with premium talent. I've wanted this for Dalton. We've all wanted this for the last 10 years. We've said, put premium talent around him. The Bengals have. And uh, I want Green, Boyd, and Ross, and Mixon, and Geo to surround this young quarterback and really give him every chance to succeed. And I think that's far worth the third-round pick. I'd give Green, because you're going to dump Dalton's salary you know, in, in the future if you do this, uh, that money basically goes to Green, and he is your – um, enhancement for this young quarterback's projection or development in those first two to three years by the time Green's ready to hang him up or you let him go. And you look around the league and that seems to be the way to go when you have a young quarterback. They're doing it in Cleveland. They're doing it in L.A. Fitzgerald and, with uh, Kyler Murray. They kept him for Murray. Yeah, and, and that seems to be helpful for a quarterback, a young quarterback coming into the league. And if that's the way the Bengals go, I think that's a great argument. The, the other thing is, if they do trade him, that means that they aren't planning to retain him, right? Because if you're worried that he's going to maybe only make $10, 12000000 then the Bengals are re-signing him easy. That's right. not enough money for the Bengals to say no. If he wants $20 million like Julio Jones got, well, I don't know who's giving him that deal at this point in his career with the injuries. But if they let him go in free agency... I would like them to trade him instead of that because I think they need to be more active in free agency. And mm. I know this is, they never do it. They're, that's not Mike Brown's way, but at some point, something's got to give. And we're there with the Reds too. Not that I'm going to start talking about baseball, but the small market stick has got to go. It doesn't even apply to football. They need to spend money if they want to get better because they aren't drafting well enough they have massive, massive holes on the roster at linebacker and at offensive line, even if Cordy Glenn stays healthy for the rest of the year. They need another tackle, and then they're going to need a quarterback. And Geno Atkins is on the wrong side of 30, and Carlos Dunlap is on the wrong side of 30. So these are all guys that are not part of the long-term future. So they need to invest in free agency so that they can use those draft picks. And we talked about this all year before right, free season. agency opened and they didn't do it. And now they're in the same spot again. Right. And to be clear, this is basically spending on outside free agents because they've done a decent job keeping their own for the most part. I mean, they've lost some guys and then did not replace them or replace them with draft capital, which really was a sunken cost at that point. Um, so it's on outside guys and it's spending guaranteed money, offering guaranteed money, putting cash up front. And that's someone, a lot of people ask, well, would you trade A.J. Green for Trent Williams? And I said no, because Trent Williams wants a new deal. The Bengals will never pay that type of money that Trent Williams is presumably demanding. Uh, and that's just not a type of free agent they would ever attract because of how they do deals and how they um, don't put that money up front. So, And this conversation is only really for me percolating in my brain because Auden Tate played well. And I thought, man, I, I like the way Tate, Ross, and, and Boyd can play out there. And if Erickson right now is your number four, I still love Green. And I hope he comes back. And I hope this offense takes flight with those three receivers and Tate being your fourth. That sounds fantastic. But at the same time, you got to start thinking about the future if they're 0-4. And I don't want to get too far into this right now. But at some point, I think, and I tweeted this last week, we're going to start talking more about Duke Tobin. He hasn't had a great track record of success in the last few years, but we have heard as well that Marvin Lewis is a guy that maybe has derailed some of this. Marvin Lewis obviously never wanted John Ross. That was, that was a Duke Tobin pick, 
And as a result, Marvin ground him into the doghouse for two doghouse for two years. Sorry, and his confidence has taken until now to recover. He was never going to be used right under Marvin. Meanwhile, Marvin's standing on the table for all these slow, big linebackers. Guys like Muhammad Sanu at receiver instead of John Ross. He would have never considered a guy like Hollywood Brown this year, and you see how effective he's been. So we'll, I think, give Duke Tobin another couple years here. He is said to be in mind meld with Zach Taylor, so they want the same kind of players. And you just wonder how much of it was Marvin Lewis. I know a lot of people said, oh, he should be a GM, but... I think we have a lot of evidence at this point that he was not a good talent evaluator, especially in those last four years. Yeah, and before you get comments of the comparison between Sanu and Ross, just because they're different types, you know, they're one's more of a bigger, tougher guy, uh, contested contested catch situation guy, will block, um, and obviously Ross is a more of a finesse speed guy and, and has to be catered to, I think, a, a little bit differently. And um, it seemed Marvin did not like that. And so, yes, I, I think there's a lot to be said, especially for what has happened on the offensive line the past few years. How would these last three years have gone differently had the 2015 draft not have gone the way it was with a boy and Fisher to start and then a snowball effect of Whitworth and Zeitler and then following that up with Price and Jonah Williams. Not that Jonah's bad, but, I mean, you don't have his services right now and Price is barely cracking into a lineup as a left guard, not the position you drafted him. So, we always say if the Bengals have a better offensive line, well, all evidence at our plate here says that they can't figure out offensive line. If they could only stay healthy, if they could only block. Right. <laughs> Bengals mottos, 2019. We've got an Auden Tate interview to play for you. He likes movies. Find out what kind of movies and what he thinks of Cincinnati food. And also, I guess we talk about football. Actually, mostly we talk about football. Catch that in just a second. Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Next up, we've got our interview with Auden Tate, about 10 minutes. Enjoy. 
Hey, Auden, this is Jake and Joe from Locked On Bengals. How's it going today? I'm doing good. How y'all doing? Good. We're doing well, yeah. That's good. Good deal. So we've talked to the last couple of weeks, CJ Uzama and Trey Hopkins. So we're staying on the offensive side of the ball with you for the third week in a row. And with mm-hmm. both of those guys, we started out by just talking a little bit about what they have going on outside of football. And mm-hmm. I read through your Twitter account. I tried to find mm-hmm. your Instagram account. You tweet a lot about sports. Looks like you, mm-hmm. you keep up on sports pretty well. But what else does Auden Tate do in Auden Tate's free time? Uh, my free time? Uh, I'd say uh, 90% of the time you probably can catch me at uh, the movies. That's where I pretty much stay at when I ain't home uh, on a football field in the stadium. Uh, another that, just uh, either at home chilling or with family, really, to be honest. Well, Auden, I saw a video today that uh, you lost to Joe Mixon 63-14 to in Madden, so I, I don't think you're playing enough Madden then, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been kind of uh, tired from practice lately, so, you know, when I go home, I don't be having time to play. You feel me? I don't, I don't know about him. It looked like he's been practicing a lot. Right. He, the way he put that beating on me, but we definitely going to get that rematch soon because I don't feel like I was prepared. I mean, Joe Mixon didn't have to play as much in the preseason as you did, so that could be a little bit of a difference, perhaps. Yeah, I think that's what it was, to be honest. <laughs> that's probably what it was. What movies have you seen lately that you liked? Anything good out there? Oh, It, It too. You're a horror movie guy. Oh, I mean, I love them all. Yeah, horror movies is definitely my favorite over all of them, but yeah, I love them all. But horror, yeah, definitely number one. Anything you're looking you forward seen- to? Uh, looking forward to, um, looking forward to, it's some, uh, it, it, it's a movie coming out. I forgot it, exactly what movie it is, but it's coming out. Have um, you seen the old like Oh, oh, the, um, oh yeah, I seen all the old it. Those really better than the second ones to me because uh, Pennywise is way, he's scary to me in the uh, first one. He's creepy, right? Like he could actually yeah. be a clown. Yeah, and it's a real. He was like that. That movie terrorized me when I was younger. We just watched that the other the other night. My wife and I. She never seen it before, so I was like, "All right, let's put this on." And she, she said the same thing. She goes, "You you can tell in the new ones, he's a, you know he looks like some demon, but in the old ones, you're like, man, that guy could be at a circus, and you don't even know." Yeah, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about football. Emily told us you have special teams meetings, so we're not going to keep you too long today. We know you're busy out there getting ready for Pittsburgh week. Is this going to be your first Pittsburgh week as an active player for the Bengals? Uh, uh, uh no, nah, this is my second. I played uh last year in the um, last game that we had. I should have known that. I was that. Uh, playing a lot in that one. And you're going to have a bit of a bigger role this week. Are you gearing up for another 50 snaps or so? Uh, I mean, if that, hey, if that if that's the plan, if that's what the coaches feel I need to do, then, you know, I'm with it. You know, whatever it is to take the win, I'm, I'm all for that. So it looks like uh, last week Zach Taylor made a comment that he switched you and John Ross. Is that like an X and Z thing? Were you practicing behind Ross and they just wanted to get you out there with the starters? Can you talk about that? Do you know like all three positions, it doesn't really matter where they put you, or was that just a, an opportunity to get you on the field? Uh, yeah, I, I probably have like a good understanding of all uh, three positions, mostly X and Z. I know them real well. I know a little bit of F, so I can kind of like move around a little. I can kind of move around and kind of uh know you know a lot of uh different uh spots at receiver x f and uh, z so for me you know i can kind of move around a little bit i think that's the case with all those receivers we kind of 
got a good understanding of all of it. Did you do any celebrating after having your first? I know it was a I know it was a tough loss. So that aside, did it feel good? I guess to have your first big heavy playing time game be also you, you led the Bengals in receiving on Sunday. Yeah, yes, sir. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, everything was going good pretty much to that last play in that holding. To be honest, I mean, it was you no. Know, we was driving, looking up that last play. You know, I, I mean, I couldn't really celebrate too much because, like, that play just kept kind of replaying in my head. Yeah. Like, as the days kind of went by. But I wouldn't, like, nothing necessarily get down on or nothing like that that, like, killed my pride or my confidence or nothing like that. It's just a thing, you know, you definitely – if I definitely, you know, you want that back. You always don't want that back. But, you know, it is what it is. We try and get that first uh, win this week. How does that feel as a – you know, that's the last play and, you know – it, it it's a high ball. It's behind you. You reach up. You're trying to do the best you can. And it, I mean, chances are you're not going to come down with that most times. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you probably do replay it, right? And think, ah, oh, maybe you know, if I would have jumped a little earlier, if I'd have seen it a little yeah. quicker, come on my break a little quicker. I mean, what do you think on a play like that? That's clearly not your fault, but you know, it, it was the last play. Yeah, you know, yeah, them things that definitely can like you know give you them uh them the mental problems because you know you just watch the film over and over. You don't know maybe if I would have ran it a little wider a little skinnier, maybe if I would have just shortened my steps maybe and got, saw the ball sooner. You know, you can always kill yourself in the head with all them whatever. You just got to take it for what it actually is and just get better from it, really. You mentioned, you talked about the holding call too. You mentioned after the game, I think it was Paul Daner that had this quote from you about you actually changed the way you were blocking in the running game later in that game because you were surprised, I think, that you got called for that hold on that kickoff return. Is that something that you kind of just have to put out of your mind and get back to blocking the way you block because you're a big, large body of wide receiver? You've been a good run blocker when you've had the opportunity. Is that changing your approach at all, or are you just going back to doing what you do? Uh, Yeah, it definitely, you know, after that holding penalty, you definitely can see on some of the plays, like, when I'm blocking, like, after I let the person go, I, like, put my hands in the air almost. It's just like, you know, my like, hands, like, don't, don't, don't shoot me or something like that because I was nervous. But... I like, I mean, as much as I did that, it almost kind of like made me look like I was holding. So my coach was like, "You probably don't want to put your hands up because then it just kind of brings attention to you." So I just got to block the way I've been blocking. You know, I didn't necessarily think it was a hold uh, on that play, but I mean, the ref saw it. The ref saw what he saw and he called it. So you feel me? I can't really do much about it. I just got to work on my technique and just just block better, I guess. Oh, and they say that uh, players make the biggest jump from year one to year two, but you guys also got a whole new coaching staff in here. I mean, um, when you look at it from last year, where you were at this point, let's say week four of last year and where you are now, and, you know, just having a, a first game where you started, had a good game, uh, what has been the biggest improvement for you, or is it more of the situation? Uh, I'll say it's just that comfortability not even necessarily comfortability, you know, you just, yeah, it's kind of comfortability, you know, you do something one, t- do something for the first time, you know, you kind of antsy, you may not necessarily know it, but you do it the second time, you kind of know what they expect, so you can kind of be smooth with it, so I think it's just kind of that thing where, you know, I'm just, like, I'm kind of smoother now, understanding everything, I got a better, like, insight, and, like, I'm just more mature in my thinking. You were incredibly productive at Florida State, you uh, played basketball in high school, I talked to CJ Uzama about some of the hardest catches, some of the hardest adjustments that you can make as a receiver in the NFL. And he said since he's been playing since he's six, just as a product of experience, 
there's nothing that is necessarily that hard for him at this point. Like it's all kind of, I know how the ball is supposed to be in the air and I'll know how to find it. But I talked to CJ about, for me, the hardest thing was always either switching shoulders or just getting used to turning and the ball already being in the air. How long have you been playing football and are any of those catches still hard for you? Or are you the same as CJ where you've just been doing it for so long? You know how the ball is coming to you. Um, I've, probably, I've been playing football since the when did I start? The seventh or eighth grade, and uh, I'll probably say, um, yeah, I think it's kind of just like a, a a knack. It's more of a reaction thing, uh, like that. Cause like so most of the time, like, I don't even really just think. I just kind of like I just follow my eyes, and then like my hands just usually follow however like the ball is. So. Yeah, I just say it's more of just a reaction thing. Like you, don't, you don't necessarily got time to think because the ball coming up on you so fast. Well, my last question then, Auden, is uh, kind of going back to your breakout day and your big game, your first game. Um, is it more for you? Is it like vindication? Like, wow, you know, I put in this work. I knew I could do it. I always knew I, I had this in me. Or is it more like, wow, I guess I can do this now. My confidence is higher. Um. Uh yeah, I guess I guess it's a, a little bit of both, you know. You know, I I you know, I I think I'm a uh uh I uh, like understand my skill set and understand what I'm good at, you know, not necessarily good at, and, you know. Just doing it in the game just kind of like made me more sure of it. I won't say it's like it just gave me confidence cuz I've always had confidence in myself. It just, you know, just reassured me in a way of just knowing like okay, yeah, you already knew that, but yeah, now you definitely know. So it just kind of gave me more confidence going into this game here and just just keep working, really. All right, and the last question for me, Auden. You went to high school in Florida. You went to college in Florida. I know they have Skyline Chili, like not that far from Tampa, but I, I asked CJ about this. He said he's only tried Skyline once. Are you, have you gotten into the Chili in Cincinnati, and what do you think? I, I got that question so many times I've been here, and I've never had it once, actually. And are you going to try it? Does it not appeal to you? Is it just not your thing? You're from South Carolina, right? Yeah, I'm more of a boiled peanuts person. Like, chili. That sounds good. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that's like, that ain't really a meal. That's almost like a tease, like chili. Like, just chili. Like, you need something with it. Like, some collard greens, maybe some pinto beans, some cornbread, chicken. So, that's how I feel. Spoken as a true southerner. Auden, thanks so much for your time today. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us on the podcast and answer some questions. Yes, good luck. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Good luck for Steelers week. Have a good one. Yes, sir. Y'all too. So that's Auden Tate getting ready to take on the Steelers on Monday Night Football. There's two more days of practice. We are off for those two days, but we'll be back on Sunday. There's a whole lot of other football happening, I guess. We don't really care about any of that, but we'll give you a preview for the Steelers game, catch you up on injuries, news, and notes. Until then, Bengals fans, have a good weekend. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.